Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Dr. Michael Myers, welcome to Savvy Broadcasting. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Oh, you betcha. I am so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about mental health challenges for physicians, but also for everyone listening in. It's been a really, really tough 2020 and going into 2021 with a bunch of challenges. And uh, you wrote a wonderful book called Becoming a Doctor's Doctor, uh, mm -hmm. which I'd love to, you to share more about when we get started. But sure. um, before we go to all of those wonderful tidbits on how we can help people through uh, mental health challenges, share what how you came a doctor, how you came to writing your book. How did that come about? Oh, okay. Um, I uh, uh, studied medicine back in the 60s, actually, a long, long time ago. And um, I didn't start out in psychiatry right away. I, after I finished, I, I worked as an emergency physician for a while that I began training in internal medicine. Uh, but it was through that process that I became 
um, interested in psychiatry. It had to do with losing a lot of patients to suicide intending mm. uh, to their medical and surgical injuries. But I, I felt like I wanted to try to make a difference earlier in their life so that they you know, wouldn't have to, you know, reach that state where they actually attempt suicide. And so it was through that process of studying in in, um, in psychiatry that then I became um, interested specifically in physician health. So, and there had also been a tragedy in my life when I was in medical school, a first year medical student, uh, one of my roommates, there were four of us living together, all medical students, uh, took his life uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. And um, that was back in 1962. And the stigma associated with with that, well, first of all, suicide, and then any challenges in medical students or physicians was so profound Mm -hmm. that it was almost covered up. Um, I've thought about this a lot, as you can imagine, Christina, over the years, that Bill's death um, would have been handled so differently if he was killed in a motor vehicle accident or died of cancer or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are some of the basic things that kind of got me started, you know, on this path into physician health. You know, what's interesting to me, Dr. Myers, is that I don't think we, we often think about just the body or just the mind or the mental, but I don't think we often see the whole package. Like someone can come in, present with symptoms, come into the hospital, but it's the whole package is sometimes there's a lot of layers on what brought that person there on how they got sick. And it's not just, just the body, it's the whole package. And uh, so what, what makes, you know, being a physician uh, really, it sounds like it's a super stressful environment uh, to both be a student physician and a physician itself. Yes. Yeah. So that's one part of it. For instance, you know, the, the, you know, the strain and the, you know, the hard work of medicine, Mm -hmm. and it's going to do a lot with the medical system these Mm days. Uh, You read a lot about burnout in doctors being more than 50%, which is high. Mm -hmm. Uh, And many of them will say that if they could just practice medicine the way they were trained to do, they wouldn't be burned out. And so what they're describing is a is a healthcare system that works at odds to them in order to actually spend time with patients, mm-hmm. to not have to deal with some of the restrictions of insurance companies, mm-hmm. the electronic health records, the medical records, they're spending so much time sort of in front of a computer screen, time that they would prefer to be spending on a face-to-face mm-hmm. time with their patients. Or if it's not that, then it's got to do with a position where they are expected to bill and see so many patients in a set period of time that they, they use terms like assembly line medicine and things like that. And it's yeah. demoralizing mm-hmm. and it's numbing. And that's why so many people get unhappy. So that's that's one part of it. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect in physicians' lives is, well, there are a number, but one is perfectionism. I mean, as you probably know, um, uh, it's 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 not easy to get into medical school. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be somewhat perfectionistic, first of all, to just even get in and then to remain in, to do well, and then through your life, you know, in a sense, keeping up, being on top of things, being you know, a doctor who practices cutting edge medicine, things like that. And again, that can put a strain on somebody if they're 
quite perfectionistic, sometimes like too perfectionistic. They have trouble cutting themselves some slack. So that's another factor. And the, the other one, which, which really resonates with me so much because I work uh, as a psychiatrist in the mental health field, is the stigma associated with getting psychiatric help mm. is actually higher in the medical profession than in the general profession, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in the general public. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's ironical because people have this thought that, gosh, if a doctor, you know, felt that she was getting depressed or anxious or whatever, she would, you know, get in touch with her primary care physician, get referred to perhaps a psychiatrist, a psychologist, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work that way. So many of them feel deeply ashamed, embarrassed if that this is happening to them. Um, that's why I put quite a lot in my book on that subject, actually, of how hard it is for physicians themselves to become patients. Yeah. So I have found in my research that there are too many physicians who get quite ill, some of whom actually end up dying by suicide, who have received absolutely no care at all. Mm. And as you, as you know, that that also feels so much of a like of a paradox that you would expect that they would get the care that they deliver and provide to others, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So so those are some of the themes that you yeah. know really can contribute to mental health challenges in doctors. Yeah. It, 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 it's sad how, you know, and this is the general public, you said, gets it's much easier for them to get help in the mental health industry. But still, <laughs> there is stigma. Even I, a number of years ago, I had gone to a psychologist. I was having some personal issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people are like, what's up with her? Why is she going for mental health? You know, there's still right. that kind of stigma. You must be yes. crazy or having some men. But, you know, yeah. modern life is hard it, and even mm-hmm. more so now how many children with covid because they're locked in front of a computer screen this is not natural for for people period forget about children right. the natural right. development and learning to be just stuck in front of a zoom there's a yes. lot of mental health anxiety and and That's you know right. there should be opening up more to realize okay there's nothing you don't have to be crazy or have mm-hmm. some horrible you know mental illness to yes. seek help or need help See, but Christina, what is so nice is just to hear you speak openly like that. And I notice that in the medical field, when a doctor or medical student does that, that is really refreshing and it chips away at stigma. Because then colleagues say, well, look, if she can be so transparent, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go get some help myself and stop beating myself up and judging myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So now what we're trying, the message we're trying to get out is getting help is the smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of trying to word it that way and frame it that way because it's true. Yeah. Well, uh, the way I see it is in different phases of our life, we'll have different um, breakdowns of our mind, body, or spirit. You know, our mental capacity will need to be overtaxed at times, like maybe now with what's going on. And we'll need help in that area. In other areas, maybe, you know, you'll have a thyroid issue and your body will need some Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, you know, your body isn't always on optimal level and you'll need different care at different times. That's right. That's right. Yes. So uh, let's say you're you're not a physician, but you have felt challenges, but you don't really attribute them. Because I think when people think um, you need to see a psychologist or a psychotherapist is when you actually have real psychological issues or or diseases. (laughs) And that's not always the case. Um, When should people decide or think that maybe it's a good time to seek out help? Well, what I always tell people sort of in general, that if it gets to a point where, first of all, it's not going away. 
Mm-hmm. And secondly, if you are somebody who does have a lot of support, for instance, family members, friends, and you're opening up to them, mm-hmm. and you're and it, you're still not feeling well, or if it's getting worse, if you notice, for instance, that you're not sleeping well, mm-hmm. or you're having trouble concentrating, or perhaps losing weight, or putting on weight, or maybe drinking too much, all that sort of stuff, those should all be red flags, all signals that go to your primary care professional, whoever that might be. It may be a physician. It could be uh, a nurse practitioner. It could be a PA, someone like that, who can do what we call like, sort of a triage, mm-hmm. assess all of this, try to gauge perhaps the strain you're under, mm-hmm. and then take it from there. Yeah. Uh, it may be then a straightforward referral to a clinical social worker, to a psychologist. Uh, it, it, may be, it may be that plus uh, a short-term use of medication if necessary, things like that. But at least what you're doing with that, you're turning yourself over to skilled professionals. Mm-hmm. And, and just that helps. Just, just knowing that there's somebody who's watching out for you, taking care of you, has your best interest at heart. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think what makes it hard for um, people to realize there's an issue sometimes in their life is that when it comes to a physical issue, you usually can see the symptoms. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm coughing a lot or my thyroid is off or like you've got physical symptoms. But when it's psychological, you you don't Mm -hmm. have the physical symptoms, but you feel it can affect you physically. So it's harder to say, okay, I really have a problem. But I like that you mentioned there are some key elements like you're having trouble concentrating, you're foggy, Mm -hmm. you're not sleeping very well, a lot of negative running thoughts and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I always, t- I always tell people, trust yourself, mm-hmm. trust your gut feeling. You know, if you're feeling it like in your gut or something, or if even, you know, in your mind or whatever, then if, in, I always say, if in doubt, what do you got to lose by making a visit like that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that the physical stigma goes away because I I have a friend who was mentally being affected, but had a severe hyperthyroidism, which it could not be identified at first for quite a few years. Uh, But she was having a lot of like, I I sleeping a million hours, Mm -hmm. really lethargic. And, and doctors are like, well, you look fine on tests. So you're, you're, it's all in your head. And she's like, ah, Seriously, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was affecting yes. her mentally as well. well of course, that's yeah. right, and that's why I meant, you know, that type of medical, what we call it, a screening or a rule out or something like that. All the years, all the years I was in practice in psychiatry, you know, I never felt, I never, you know, forgot my medical training. But whenever I felt it, I would send them back to the primary care physician for yeah. perhaps a referral to an internist, mm-hmm. an endocrinologist, or something like that, because I felt like this just doesn't just quite fit, mm-hmm. you know, with what I'm used to as a psychiatrist. I want to make sure we're not missing something. Yeah. Yeah. And what's great, I would like to see medicine on a whole, not kind of let go of psychotherapy, but bring it into the whole package and work together with other. Well, yeah. Well, that's just, it's called integrated care. And there are are a number of clinics set up that way now that everybody's right there on site. So it's not as if you have to even go through like a formal referral, you know, to the various specialists or whatever. Everybody's right there. It's, it, you know, it's along, quote unquote, holistic lines, integration of mind, body, all of that, that everything is all connected. Mm. And 
Christina, what you've put your finger on it, which I think is so important, it just sort of normalizes this. Yeah. You know, given what you're going through, it's it'd be quite common to 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 feel the way that you do. So stop beating yourself up. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's great about care facilities like that, and if we get that more on board, more places, to realize that, okay, you do have maybe this physical issue going on, but how is it also affecting you psychologically? And right. how is it affecting you in your body? You know, if we have uh, some people, you know, physical therapists to help you out, you know, it's just, right. if you have all the professionals together, like you say, it's just great. And if they work together, realizing one side is not better than the other, that just the physical is not enough. We bring all the parts together. Right. We're healing a whole empirical body because the body right. isn't bits. It's the whole yeah. And Christina, the other thing that, again, you're really talking about is all of that has to do with connection, mm. because that's what's been so much of a worry, I think, for all of us who work in the health field during the pandemic. Mm. Like, you know, just putting ourselves aside for a minute, the, the social isolation, you know, that we all have to observe. Uh, but in fact, there's scientific articles researched these days on loneliness. Yeah. I mean, a study of loneliness, as you probably know, it wasn't that long ago that the term loneliness kind of had a bit of stigma associated with it. Mm -hmm. People who describe themselves as lonely felt kind of pathetic, like Mm -hmm. that they they were a loser or something. Not anymore. I mean, people are speaking openly about loneliness because they haven't seen their best friends, their key family members, or they haven't touched them. They haven't hugged them all these sorts of things that we're all longing for. Mm. And, you know, this is why through the progression and getting vaccines and everything, everybody's, you know, kind of looking down the road to the quote unquote new normal. Mm. Not crazy about that, that phrase, but, (laughs) but, you know, yeah, for me, one of the hardest bits for me was, was the social isolation. I'm, I'm so blessed to have a wonderful husband and a wonderful doggy, but I'm a very social person. So throughout the week I would meet several friends. I would Mm -hmm. be out and about with clients and Mm -hmm. I love physical one-on-one contact with human beings. So that not having that, I was like, no, this is, this is so not working for me. Cause actually I think it's very, very important for developmentally and and spiritually and mentally to have those connections. And what we, what we noticed in New York city at the beginning, as you know, when New York city was the epicenter Mm -hmm. uh, almost a year ago now, Mm -hmm. um, where I work at SUNY Downstate, we immediately set up services for all of our frontline clinicians, Mm. for the nurses, for the doctors, for the students, the residents, everybody who was dealing with all of these seriously, acutely ill individuals with COVID-19, because we wanted to be able to offer them support and services as they did this very uh, courageous work right on the front lines. And so we found that the groups that we facilitated for the various groups of doctors and nurses, plus the one-on-one counseling that we provided as well, was very well received. Was the individuals found it helpful yeah. to again to just be able to vent about the things that they were experiencing? Mm-hmm. So many patients dying. The fears of their getting the virus themselves, of course, were there uh, before they felt, you know, that they had enough PPE and that kind of protection. But again, afraid if they get infected, well, what about their spouse or children at home, for instance, or their extended family? And all of those sorts of things are 
were were all of these things that we've been committed to to kind of keep our our health force mm-hmm. as healthy as possible through through this challenging yeah. uh, era that we're in the midst of. Now, where where do you see things going forward for everyone, not just doctors, but the whole society, both in New York and around the entire United States and the world, actually? Well, I think a lot of people looking at this, they think, well, first of all, we're all going to have to deal with the various losses that have been attached to this. And as you know, there have been huge economic fallout, for instance, even in people who are quite comfortable, that sort of thing, whether they had to close an office, let their staff go, or things like this. Yeah. Um, all of the, the homeschooling, the, the, we, we do know that restricting this again to physicians, the, the uh, women physicians, especially ones who are mothers, that's been a very complicated mix for them as well, because if they don't have their nanny or the kids in school or whatever, then they're either having to do more of that themselves. What about their patients trying to balance all of that? What about loss of income? Again, also, you know, worry about their kids getting maybe behind in school, you know, those, all those kinds of things. Then, then some of them have actually been ill themselves or been exposed. So they've had to leave work. Then they feel guilty about that. Some have lost extended family members mm-hmm. to the to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, so there's all of that. Um, the, one of the things that we're really looking at very closely is something called post-traumatic growth. Because, as you know, we hear a lot about PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, where people are exposed to these changes that are so horrifying mm-hmm. and, that, and then worry about getting flashbacks, trouble yeah. sleeping again, startle are becoming numb, all that sort of stuff that we put into the category of PTSD. Mm-hmm. There's this whole other movement, though, through all of that, though, in a, in a um, developmental way, people actually become stronger through this. Mm. They, they, they sometimes describe reserve that they, had, they didn't even know they had. Um, they find themselves letting a lot of things go that perhaps you know that expression, do sweat the small stuff. Yeah. They feel somehow there's been a maturing through this process. You hear people describe embracing some sort of new spirituality. And yeah. and that what's so funny about that is some of the people who say, look at I never believed in any of this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I do find that <clears throat> it's helpful for me and my family and our whole neighborhood or something like that. Mm-hmm. People pulling together. Mm. Um, I've heard of so many people that they find their friendships actually more intimate with yeah. others. And so we're, we're, we're trying to see through all of this, if actually there will be some strengthening. So in other words, it's that it's the silver lining of a nightmare or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's, well, it's amazing that you say that Dr. Myers, because the associates I now work with in this company we would come in physically to the office in New York when I was there. But uh, after COVID happened, we are now connecting online fewer yeah. times than we did in the office, but we know more about e- each other. During Christmas, yes. we went around each other's houses with our laptops mm-hmm. and showed our Christmas tree and stuff exactly. like that. That's right. Um, That's right. We feel more humanly connected. Yes. Yes. And in fact, uh, Christina, that's something we noticed in our groups for the doctors mm-hmm. that, that doctors were more openly expressing their feelings to each other. We're breaking down crying, for instance, which is normal. But yet there's been this 
persona in us in medicine of professional, we call it professionalism or clinical neutrality or objectivity or things like that. It doesn't mean that the physician is cold, but it just means that there's a sort of persona. But it's been actually refreshing for just to see the authenticity that is occurred through this, this sorrow of losing perhaps a colleague or what this is doing to, and even breaking down the hierarchy a little bit between teachers and students. I mean, it's still all there, yeah. but it's, but it's, it's in a softer, more humane form. It's making it more human and less about all the different titles and whatever. And we get to see each other as more human beings. And you mentioned something else that was very important. You mentioned the going back to spirituality, whatever. After 9-11, I was in New York. I saw what happened. I saw more dads and moms connecting, playing with their kids. You begin to realize what's important. And one thing I found that was a silver silver lining is a lot of my friends say, hey, it's been tough with my kids at home all the time. But for the first time in like ever, we have dinner together, which we weren't doing before. Because now we're at home, we're having dinner together, we're connecting more. I Mm -hmm. find out more about my kids' lives. And yeah, so there's been a wonderful, a lot of wonderful silver linings because of this. And one, you mentioned growth. We and my family here moved to Texas Mm -hmm. uh, and we had thought about moving out in New York City to buy a house because it's so expensive to buy a house there. Um, But we probably wouldn't have thought to move to Texas had we not met my friend online Uh I interviewed. Um, (laughs) But you see, that's a big growth thing. And I think a lot of people are making these big personal, physical, and psychological growth things, both spiritually, mentally, because of this. So there's a a lot of wonderful civil linings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can they get a copy of Becoming a Doctor's Doctor and find out more about you? Okay. So first of all, it's available, of course, on Amazon. (laughs) And also Barnes & Noble or any of the, you know, bookstores like that. Um, And, but in addition to that, though, my website, www.michaelfmyers.com. Um, I've got a lot of things on there with regard to a bit of a you know synopsis of review, not just of this book, but of the other books that I've written as well. I've got a lot of podcasts on there, things like that that I've been doing, you know, especially since the pandemic started, but many of these these things before that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a powerhouse of information. Awesome. And you know what? Yep. You don't have to go it alone. Like uh, Dr. Meyer said, there's help out there. If you're thinking you're feeling depressed or going around in, in a cycle where you feel you, you need help or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mentally you need help, it's out there. Reach out. And uh, thank you so much, Dr. Meyer, for coming to share your great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcast. Thank you, Christina. It's been nice to talk with you. Wonderful. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Sarah just added kettlebell classes to her 300 gyms. 
The thing is, those gyms don't have kettlebells just yet. But Sarah isn't sweating it. Her equipment supplier has Salesforce Customer 360, the number one CRM, so they can unite around customers like her. Marketing already knows the model she wants, so commerce and IT serve it right to her in a mobile app. Wow, one-click checkout. See how uniting your teams can help you wow customers at salesforce.com slash customer 360. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 